Thank you, Matt. Here we are. Yes, another edition of Speaking of Speaking. And I have another guest on the podcast today. It's Peter Norman of the ADB Group. We'll be talking on a different breed of speaking going beyond the normal in just a few moments. Peter, welcome. Thank you. Nice to see you, Carl. Before we jump into the podcast, though, what we're going to be talking about today, Peter, I wanted to invite you to participate in a feature that we call Tales from the World of Public Speaking. So articles, stories, and they appear all over the place. Of course, the World Wide Web is huge for that now. Hmm. And there was this article that came out a couple of days ago, and it's students at a high school in Illinois who are practicing their presentations by using the experience that you see on Shark Tank. So what they had to do was they had to come up with a product and sell it and then pitch it. And they used the Shark Tank presentation formula or model, so to speak, as they were preparing their presentations and their pitches. And I have a strong opinion <laughs> okay. of, of, of how those Shark Tank and Dragon's Den pitches come across. I know that you, you've spent a lot of years in the television world and it's it's not exactly what you're seeing is a very edited version of what really happened. But I find that sometimes they're very, they're very empty or they don't get the point across the way that they really should. Yeah. I, that's interesting. You you know, you put that it's um, when you think about what people do when they, when they're, when they're pitching a product like that, and certainly on shark tank, um, I wouldn't say that the level of um, presentation is necessarily very high. Um, often they're hoping that the product or the concept is going to um, just sort of sell itself. And um, it, yeah, it lacks a certain, often lacks a certain presentation style, a certain conciseness and stuff. And um, I'm not sure, you know, it wouldn't be my first choice as a place to um, have high school students looking to, to really develop good public speaking skills. To be honest, um, in my experience, you do make, you do make your living um, on your feet in, in, in almost any um, part of business, uh, speaking and engaging with people. But the, but the reality is, is that's a very artificial situation um, and very constructed um, with a certain set of boundaries. It's a form of public speaking, I guess, but I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a, um, you learn that much in that skill set that's generalizable to the rest of uh, the, the ways you have to public speak. Here's the challenge with that, though, because a lot of people obviously watch that show and they look at that as the normal way of speaking. They look at that and say, oh, that's how you're supposed to do a pitch. Or in some cases, that's how you're not supposed to do a pitch. Yeah. Sometimes a case. So which which leads me to the first question I wanted to ask you today. Mm. What's what's wrong with being normal? As far as in the coaching world and the speaking world, what's wrong with doing what we've done for all these years? What's wrong with taking that normal route? Yeah, well, I guess I, I guess the, the first thing I'd say is, is you know, because there's normal is a thing that's changing all the time. Um, and normal is, you know, what was normal 30, 40 years ago is no longer considered, um, you know, we've learned things, we've experienced more, we've, you know, we've developed new ideas. Um I think in the in the coaching speaking world, the, the the biggest challenges are you know that speaking speaking used to be all about um, overcoming discomfort and how do I, you know how do I do that and relaxation and making sure you've got your mouth working properly and doing all those kinds of things, um, and and it's it's evolved now to it's become much more about how how do you share a narrative how do you tell a story how do you um, 
how do you engage an audience in in something because they're not just they're not just sitting there absorbing information they're they're we now understand much more about people wanting to make a connection um and in the coaching business and the coaching world that's changed as well i mean you've gone from a an environment where you know you you literally could sort of hang out a shingle and say hey i'm here because i you know i can i think i can help people um to now there's a, a much more um i think disciplined and and uh, structured approach that says you you really need to have a certain set of skills you need to understand what it is you're trying to do you have to to do it because again people are looking for something different it was you know it was okay for tony robbins in the 80s 90s to tell everybody that they could uh, just uh, achieve their own maximum potential um unfortunately a whole lot of people tried that and my my sort of best example is the secret you know the the secret came out and everybody was oh my goodness well there's an underlying problem with the secret which is it basically says that if the secret doesn't work for you it's because you're the problem um but the secret has absolutely no um sort of verifiable evidence-based stuff in it it's just that you know stick a hundred dollar bill on your roof and look at it, your ceiling and look at it and you'll be rich that's not how things work and you know and that's part of what's changed is a lot of people have gone through those things and said you know what that didn't work for me and i need something i need something different and i think in public speaking i think it's true as well i think that you know we we now see it in a very different way um it's taught much earlier in schools um and in a different way and i think um i think it's something that i think it's a good thing because i think evolution is a good thing and it's um and i think i know that you know what you're doing what you do with your with your clients and with you know the work that you do is you are trying to stay at the front end of this you're asking these questions and that's critical it's funny that you mentioned how it's being taught in schools more than it ever was before talking about the public speaking because i can remember being in school and not being given formal instructions so to speak about public speaking or how to present yeah. to an audience, but you know, grade six, grade five, grade six, being thrust into having to stand up and read a book report, which never was supposed to be read out loud anyways, because yeah, there's exactly. writing for the ear and there's writing for the eye, then That's all of a sudden we're thrust into that. So that that it's good that we're approaching it at an earlier age, but I think to go back to that normal, hmm. you know, that normal concept of, oh, do it this way because this is the way it's worked. Well, it doesn't necessarily work that way anymore. So let me ask you this. How has speaking and coaching changed for you over the years? Because you you have one heck of a background as far as where life has taken you and some of the things you've seen. Yeah. The biggest thing I would think is that that's changed for me over the years is I was very fortunate growing up. I was, a, I was an instinctively good public speaker. Um, I'm a big believer in what George Carlin said. His father was a very successful um, public speaker and salesman, and um, and he believed that that's where he got his ability. But my, I'm very lucky. My father, my grandfather, you know, they they were all great speakers. Um, so I I was lucky. So I did everything by instinct, and I kind of would get up there, and I would sort of say, oh yeah, I know, you know, I can do this and I can do that, and I was comfortable up there as well. I don't know if that's something that you found. It's you know, over time I. It became actually a really comfortable place to be. Um, but what changed for me, and certainly in, in speaking, was that I began to realize that um, despite the fact that I had a great set of skills for delivering, which meant that I was satisfying the 96, 97% of what people take in is what visually what you put out, um, 
my content and what I was talking about wasn't refined. It didn't have a purpose. It didn't have a, um, it didn't have a goal. Um, and that, and that changed for me and that's changed. I mean, that's been changing for me for years. Um, but certainly in the last five to, you know, eight years, it really has become my whole reason for what I do in terms of how I speak is that there, you know, I have to be sharing something with the audience. I have to be sharing something that has value and I have to be sharing something hopefully of myself, but not in a, not in a sort of self-serving or kind of look at me kind of way. It's more, it's more turning around and saying uh, my experience and what I, what I know and what I can impart hopefully has value to those people. And I think that, you know, I think that certainly in terms of that, in terms of coaching, what's changed most for me um, is I have recognized that to serve my clients and for, uh, you know, for ADB to serve our clients well, um, we have to have structure as well. Um, we have to, um, we have to be able to turn around and define clearly what our clients needs are, um, establish programs that are both um, effective and timely and then deliver that at the end and I guess what I would say is is that um, it still looks like jazz um, when we're doing it it's still fun and cool and it's got a very um, it, it, it never seems pressured um, but like good jazz each one of the musicians knows exactly what they're doing jazz is not an attempt to spiral out of control it's a, it's a it's a give and take it's a it's like watching a great basketball team you know, it, it, that's, that's what it is. So I think that's what's changed is I'm much more conscious of, of those things. And with good jazz, you also get applause after the solo because it was so well done. It, absolutely. And, and part of what the solo, it, what, what works is that it integrates into what the next person does. Cause it's, it's almost like that, that solo, that person throws it off to the next person and says, Hey, you take this and you see what you can do with it. And they go off. And, and, and it's wonderful. And of course, that's, that's where creativity comes in, in all of this process. And I guess that's something until we just started talking about it. And I, is that that's the other thing that's changed is that I want to and have tried to develop reliable and consistent creativity. And that is something that, you know, I, when I was younger, I certainly didn't know you could do. I, you know, again, I did everything by instinct. Um, but I now I'm at the point where you know, I realize it with a foundational base and good work and, and a process, um, you can actually consistently be creative. And that's, you know, and that helps people. People, one of the biggest skills we're trying to help people to learn is how to be creative in their own lives, how to, how to take what's going on in their life and be creative and positive about it. You mentioned a different breed and the, the processes and the, the things that you go through when you're working with clients. There's probably a lot of people on this podcast listening, wondering, okay, what, what is a different breed and what, what makes you different? So what, what are you and what does make you different? Well, I'm going to use a, an analogy that I use all the time. And in fact, um, it's, one of our, it's one of our catchphrases for the business. Um, they just imagine that there are, there are two types of people in the world. And I know that that's probably a, a gross generalization, but let's say that there are. Um, the first group of people are what I call salmon. Um, they are people who are swimming against the, um, the stream. Um, they are desperately trying to get to the spawning field where they will re uh, reproduce themselves and then die. Um, and in the process of it, they literally change who they are in order to try to succeed in this massive 
um, overwhelming sea of salmon. So, you know, all that footage you've seen of, of uh, salmon trying to get upstream. And then there are bears. And bears are wonderful because bears are the complete antithesis to the salmon. In fact, they are the salmon's, one of the salmon's most deadly enemies. Um, and bears are great because bears don't waste their time swimming upstream against all the odds and everything else. They go find a waterfall and they stand on a rock and they open their mouths and they wait until the fish jumps in. Um, and if the fish doesn't jump in, they go down and they fish around and they grab one. But the, the genius of bears is that bears understand what's going on. It may be at an instinctive level, but they understand what's going on. They have a set of tools that they use and they have success. And in fact, their success is the absolute antithesis of what the salmon's trying to do. So, you know, if you look at the two kinds of people, there are people swimming upstream desperately spend their whole lives you know, on the, you know, what we call the rat race or, you know, in, the, in that belief that if I just do the right things, if I just do what I'm supposed to do, I'm going to wind up at the end of this and I'm going to spawn and then, you know, I'll die. But that's okay because my, you know, I'm going to go. And you got the bears just standing there going, wow, that seems like a, a mugs game, that is. I stand on this rock, I open my mouth and fish jump into it. And what could be better? And then I, you know, a couple of fish jump in my mouth. I go home, I go sit down for a while and take a nap. I mean, you know, this is... And, and this is the difference. People, people are desperately trying to find more energy to do the thing, to fight the water and to get upstream. And the bear's just turning around and going, yeah, but if you just understand what's going on here, literally fish jump into your mouth. Like, how much easier is that? And that's all about understanding this concept I talked about earlier, which is about having a plan and preparation and understanding. And we work very hard on that. We, we use very well-established um, academically and experimentally proven techniques. We, you know, we use cognitive behavioral coaching and we use, you know, we use behavioral coaching. We use positive psychology, all these things and, and, and coaching skills that have come from sports. And we use them to help people to stop being salmon and to be the bear. That really is our whole focus is to make people bears because bears have a much nicer life than salmon do. My guest has been Peter Norman from a different breed. If Peter has said something that has resonated with you, if you're ready to take the next step and work with Peter or want to find out more information, Peter, how can people get a hold of you? Oh, well, the best way um, is to uh, contact me, Peter, at uh, adbgroup.ca. Um, and uh, contact me by email, uh, or you can go to our website, which is a, di uh, a different breed.ca, um, and um, you can take a look at what we're doing. Uh, and uh, we're we're always we're always looking to help people. We work with people, individuals, uh, businesses, entrepreneurs, groups, and organizations, and uh, and and help them to move forward um, in uh, in ways that allow them to become self-supporting and to. Uh, to really uh, take their lives forward in the direction they want to go. So yeah, please, that'd be great. I should mention too, that Peter is a panelist and a sponsor at my event on March yes. 8th. Be bold from the stage. We're looking forward to seeing you there, Peter. And you're very, very, very happy to be there, buddy. 
you'll have a chance to see and hear Peter in action and hear more of the story of what he's just been chatting about. Still some tickets available, by the way, March the 8th in Kingston. If you like TED Talks, if you like Mo Mondays, if you like hearing real stories from real, authentic people, and you'd like to make some literal human connections, you'll definitely be able to do that at Be Bold from the Stage. Tickets are $60. However, if you go to my website, carlspeaks.ca, and enter the promo code STAGE, S-T-A-G-E, you'll get your tickets at 50% off. All right, so do that now. We still have a few tickets available for the March 8th event, and it's just around the corner, quite literally. Peter, thank you so much for joining me today and being my guest on the podcast. Thanks, Carl. Anytime, man. I really appreciate it.